0: Get started today at plushcare.com slash loss That's plushcare.com slash loss plushcare.com slash loss
1: Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it
2: good morning it's Monday morning for us but you guys obviously be listening to this on a Tuesday or
1: maybe yes. at midnight who knows yeah and <laughs> and as we speak the rules have changed yeah. um, new restrictions lifted today so there's a real feeling of optimism in the air you might have actually got something planned for today like who's actually eating a meal inside that they're not cooking
2: yeah someone you know some people have already been out for breakfast and it's oh. like 11 o'clock in the morning how nice is that yes um, you got anything planned yeah. for this week? Um, not really. I'm having my hair down, but I definitely want to get a reservation in if everybody would stop. Booking things—it's <laughs> difficult, <laughs> um, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But do you know what? I'm happy just to be able to go around to people's houses, um, and drink inside. I'm happy to do that. Um, so yes,
1: I—I I was coming. I thought of an idea yesterday. I don't know. If, I don't know how flawed it is, but um, obviously people are finding it really difficult to book. So yeah. I was thinking there could be something on Instagram where restaurants click a click a button, um, and then that says whether they've got availability for that day and then yeah. we could all just be sharing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there, is there a way of saying like, oh, yeah, no, actually, I've got two tables of four at seven o'clock. You can come here and then we're like, oh, great. Or like it's
2: location based. So if you're walking along, like, I don't know, you're in Covent Garden and you're walking around, you suddenly get an alert that someone hasn't turned up for their reservation. Oh, my
1: God, Georgia, this is an app it is
2: hang on maybe we stop we talking should... <laughs> i was gonna nick our idea how was your weekend anyway because you went to chessington which i do want to hear about
1: mate chessington world of adventures is one of the funnest places on earth i was genuinely <laughs> feeling a bit apprehensive about it because i'm not the girl that gets into the rides um no, and actually i think i feel more sick on rides since having the kids it was something to do with your inner ear or i don't know anyway um but I, I was obviously going there to do this croc drop thing and isla was like we're going on crock drop we're going on crock drop and i was I was like, this sounds hell. Like, I've been watching videos of it in the morning oh, on, on breakfast. But I did it and I did loved you?
2: it. You oh, Absolutely wow.
1: loved it. Didn't we myself? Well done. Um, Yes. And then Dozer, to be fair, took the hit on all the massive rides. But, um, right. but it was lovely because we had one of Isla's mates with us. So the like the big girls, the eight year olds were absolutely sorted. And then um, we just kind of took it in turns to take the littlies on like the bumper cars and yeah. the canopy canopy thing and like the little boat rides that go round and round. But you, you basically, if your kid is below 0.9 of a metre, right. there's not huge amounts to do. So right, I would say okay. anybody that's three, three years old and above, really, it's perfect. But anyone littler than that, it was quite tricky. Like I saw some parents that were trying to get their, you know, their, their sort of 18 month olds measured and they weren't coming up to it. And then they were putting them back in the pushchair. And I was like, because none of the indoor rides are open. It's all oh, the outdoor stuff. Yeah,
2: that's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Will, they, will they be open from now? Like this week? <laughs>
1: Maybe I just missed it by a couple of days, but it's a great day out. Like it really is fantastic. Um, So I'd highly recommend it to anyone looking for stuff to do over half term.
2: Oh, very nice. We're just yeah. have
1: to go. I think Ax will be up for that. I mean, there's nothing else to report really, apart from my daughter got quite drunk yesterday. We we uh, we went round and stood in our mate's garden, had like a little barbecue in and out of the rain, and um, yeah, I left I left in there, and he Ubered back a, a little bit later. He's, he's with his best mate. They just love each other when they're together. So and we ha- we've got Isla's birthday tomorrow, so we've got it's go 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 in the Doran Jones house, and I'm covering for Mark Wright all this week. So if you're at wow, home, I'll be you until got-
2: 10 a busy busy week so you're on tonight as well yeah yes oh god it's making, literally it's making me anxious just thinking about it but <laughs> I've got I've got James at home at the moment and I'm sure anyone who listens to this whose husband plays football works in football whatever um and it's now the off season oh, I'm over it already it's a week in and I'm like can you stop can you can you just stop being there all the time? You cracked me
1: up last night because you were like he was trying to talk to you about garden sheds and you were oh, like, oh god, way Jesus. to kill a mood, Judgy James.
2: I know. I literally went to bed, but I think yeah, I think that was in his plan so that he could watch football. So I need to I need to busy myself this week. That's definitely what I need to be doing, um, so he's not getting under my skin. Bless but, you. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today, is it? We're not no. moaning. I'm not having
1: a moan up about Judgy James. No, we're talking about birth. Yeah, we
2: are. It's something as well that we haven't spoken about for a while. If you've listened to kind of like the back catalogue of episodes, we've covered it with lots of different people. Nadia Sawala sticks out in my mind. Her birth story was incredible. Um, But I think the key thing is everyone's birth story is so different. Um, Mm. I love hearing them. Like, I love hearing all of them. I just find it fascinating how... Yeah, they can just all be so unique, and also not just from person to person, but from time to time. Your your births your, your births were very different, weren't mm. they? So,
1: yeah, really different. Um, and I had probably a not a very positive first experience, which left me quite traumatized. But a much more positive second experience because obviously I knew exactly or. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen. Just much more prepared, you know, did, did hypnobirthing, um, kind of just had it, obviously I'd been through it and it had gone on and on and I thought in my head, I thought it can't be as long as the first one. And I just knew second time round, soon as I got to the hospital, I knew to ask for an epidural straight away. And that was, that was the plan. And it was much calmer. I really, really enjoyed the second time round. So, um. Yeah, every, every birth comes with its ups and downs, obviously. But the person that we're talking to today is all about giving a positive birthing experience message. That's what she wants, that you go into labor prepared and without fear. It was a really interesting chat, wasn't it, when we recorded it earlier on?
2: Look, I think we should just get straight into it because eliminating fear was one of the biggest themes throughout this um, conversation. And she has got some amazing advice on how you can do that
1: and also discussing hypnobirthing if this is something that you are considering there's some really amazing tips in there and yeah we're speaking to a really fantastic expert who definitely knows her stuff who are we chatting to today g today we are chatting to megan barton from la la So joining us on the podcast today, uh, I think me and Georgia are really going to enjoy this chat and we know that you guys are as well because I've already spoken to this amazing lady on the phone and I was literally like, yes, yes, everything that you're saying is exactly how me and Georgia feel. Uh, Founder of Lala Lou, she is a hypnobirthing teacher extraordinaire. She is mum to one with one in the oven. Uh, We're going to be discussing all things birth and birth trauma and having a confident birth today. Welcome to Megan Barton. Hello. Yay.
2: Hello. (laughs)
3: Thank you for having me. Thank this is exciting. you for coming on. Yeah,
2: it's really exciting. We actually haven't talked about birth for a long time and we've definitely never covered hypnobirthing. We've had loads of guests on who have, do, you know, done courses and completely swear by it, but we've never really gone into it. So yeah, we're excited for this chat. Yeah, well, I'm
3: proud to be here to talk about it because it's <laughs> just life changing. It's one of those things that can just absolutely revolutionize your birth. So let's spread the word. Let's tell more people about it. Yeah. We absolutely. always like to start
1: the podcast by asking you how you are and how's lockdown been. You're obviously pregnant, so things pretty busy, your end.
3: Yeah, pregnant in the pandemic, starting a, a new brand. It's been quite hectic. But I have to say, despite the pandemic and, and being pregnant in it and, and all the kind of, you know, difficulties that go around it, I've had a really positive experience. I think, you know, the NHS for me has been amazing. The care's been incredible. Just just before we get into, you know, your
2: story, do you think, um, you know, the pandemic and the fact that partners can't be with, um, you know, those in labour at the moment is impacting births in general? Because I just think first time totally. round, if I'd have been in on my own, that would have put me into a state of panic before I'd even, you know, anything had even happened. They can come um, in. You just
1: have to be in active labour. Yeah. Not like yeah.
2: Yeah, at f- you have to be four centimetres. But still, like, for some women, like, my friend was in labour this week and she was on her
3: own for two days. Yeah. Her first baby, like... So the brilliant news is the rules have changed today. So the yes! law has changed yes! today. Uh, but everybody's allowed to be with you during birth, which is amazing. And for your 12 and 20 weeks gap, that ha- That is in all hospitals everywhere across the country. And that's place, as, of so today, as of today. Amazing. So yeah. that's great. Um, but, yeah, it's been quite traumatic for people, you know, especially... People don't really realize what these scans are for or what you're learning and things. And it can be, you know, any little thing that someone says, you can go, oh, my God, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, And just having somebody there to hold your hand. I mean, Paul actually couldn't hold my hand. He had to sit two meters away, but he was there. You know, you can make a baby, but he can't hold
1: your hand. I mean, we all know how that works.
3: <laughs> yeah, masks on two meters away. But still, it was the, the sonographers were amazing. Right. But, you know, those those appointments can be quite upsetting for people. You know, at 12 weeks, yep. a lot of people find out really bad news. And that's, yeah, it's so really. hard to go through that on your own. And to be in early labor on your own, an active labor on your own, as we'll hopefully talk about, is really hard because with birth, you're meant to be in your safe space, in a place where you feel really comfortable. And if your birth partner can't be with you, that's your safe person.
1: Yeah. Mm. So
3: who's there to support you? And, and midwives are being amazing in these situations, but it's not your safe person. Mm. You might have never met those people. So it has been really hard for pregnant people during a pandemic. And I do think some human rights have been um you know broken somewhere because it has been really awful for some people Mm. but hopefully now we're realizing that and people are you know it's changing it's getting back to normal but i don't think those people will ever forget their experiences
1: no do you know what my one of my best mates sj she's actually been on the podcast she had her baby during the pandemic and like your friend george she literally i mean she went in and i think her labor lasted I think five days she was at the hospital. I think that's right. From the Saturday until they she ended up, um, yeah, Wednesday evening, early hours of Thursday morning. And Ben could only come in right at the last minute, literally yeah. in the last 24 hours. Like he was messaging us going, she's still by herself. I was like, that's incredible to go through that. Because George, you know, first time mums, you remember when we went through that moment. It's like you yeah. just wanted your partner to be there or at least yeah. have somebody, like you said, a, a safe person. So it's great that the rules have changed today. Um, yeah. Let's get into hypnobirthing. For anybody listening that is uh kind of unaware of exactly what hypnobirthing is can you just explain it to us
3: absolutely now we're not going to make anybody um dance like a monkey or do anything that you think traditional i think people think of you know hypno and hypnotherapy and people being on stage and being made to do paul mckenna yeah (laughs) exactly that's where people go (sighs) People either think, oh, they're going to make me do something that I don't want to do, or it's going to be so hippie and they're going to make me hug trees. And That's what I know. thought. I genuinely thought yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And it's not. It's actually really practical. <laughs> it's really practical. It's really scientific. And I think a lot of it is the partner's going, no, I'm not doing that, but they don't really know what it is. But when I get people come, it's an incredible um, education of birth. You learn all about what birth is, how your body works, all the different paths that birth can take and um, lots of tools to be able f- to enable you to have a really positive, comfortable birth. Now, what hypnobirthing is not is pain relief. So some people go, oh, hypnobirthing is pain relief. Now, hypnobirthing actually starts in, in the foundations that pain doesn't exist in birth, which everyone's going, Uh, no, there's definitely pain in birth, but I can explain to you why there's pain in birth. And then you'll go, oh yeah, okay. But if you know that you can then help your body to try and avoid it. So it's not pain relief, but it does help you have a really comfortable birth. And I think at the end of it, I think other people think as well that, oh, I can't do hypnobirthing because I want a C-section or I can't do hypnobirthing because I want an epidural. No, they're all fine if you want to have those things, particularly with with my course. If you want to have those things, well done you. You've made a decision. That's how you want your birth to go. And that's how you're going to feel most comfortable. However, if you want to have a natural birth or whatever, you can have a really positive experience. So no matter the route, no matter what happens, you walk out of it without trauma and feeling like a super person because you've done amazing because you've given birth. And that's how you should feel. So it's not about telling the you that you have to do one thing, and it has to go one way. It's about however it goes, feeling amazing about yourself at the end, and also bonding you as a team with your birth partner, whoever that may be, yeah. um, taking you both on the journey. So yeah, c- it's,
1: c- natural birth. Pretty... Though c- I don't like that. I don't like that phrase. It makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, what is a natural yeah. birth? And and actually, I feel like birthing. The whole thing is from start to finish, whether it's C-section or epidural or forceps or, you know, you've pushed it out in, in your bathroom floor. They're all not, like birth is natural. So when you say natural birth, are you talking about a birth that doesn't involve any pain relief at all?
3: I agree. I think, you know, natural birth is birth. Yes. There's no such thing as kind of one path. So we call it vaginal birth. Some people go, oh, she's mentioned it. Vaginal birth or people call it an abdominal birth. They're the two types of birth. doesn't matter which one. They're mm. all... They're all natural. People class natural as no pain relief. Um, but that that sometimes sounds really derogatory to people who have had pain yeah,
1: relief. I don't, yeah. For
3: us, no matter the path, you have given birth to your baby. You've done amazing. You should feel amazing about it. So it doesn't matter the path. It's just feeling great about your birth afterwards. And I think that's the thing, you know, one in, you know, two in 10 from the government website, people have to postnatal depression. And a lot of that is because births don't go to plan and they yeah. feel as if they lost control. And that's what we want to, to stop is, I think you've mentioned it before in the podcast, having a birth plan and sticking to it isn't always how the path goes. And it's great to have that. It's great to have like, oh, this is what I'd really like to happen um, because it gets your mind in a really good place to, to take you down that path. But if it doesn't go down that path, people then don't educate themselves about everything that could happen. Yeah. And then it gets traumatic or they might make decisions that they, they didn't really know it was going to lead to something else. Yeah. So it's just getting educated about all the different paths um, so you can have an amazing birth no matter the route.
2: So I guess for you and, you know, the course that you offer, it's about preparing people for birth and preparing that whatever way, whatever route to birth, it's going to be positive. And I guess empowering people to feel that it's going to be positive and hopefully go into whatever, you know, whether they're going in for a C-section, whether they're going in to be induced, whatever it is, they feel positive. And I guess that's, the best way to start anything, isn't it, without feeling panicked, feeling relaxed, feeling equipped with the knowledge, um,
3: but it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> Completely, and I think <laughs> I think it. so. I had I gave birth three years ago now, and I did everything to like get prepared. I did an antenatal course. I did my hypnobirthing and I thought I'd done everything. But the reason why I've done this course is because I kept saying all the way through, why did no one tell me? why did no one tell me about that? And why did no one tell me about that? I feel like birth is this little secret club and you only get to know about it once you've done it. Yeah. And then you talk to all your friends and you go, did you experience this? Did you have that? Why did no one tell us about that? I just don't get that. Let's tell expectant parents everything Mm. so that they can be truly prepared because actually it's not. It's not scary once you know about it, but it is if you go through it and no one's told you.
1: I feel like mm, people terrifying. sit on either side of the coin when it comes to this discussion because I've definitely got people in my life who didn't want to know anything about it. Don't tell me anything yeah. because I think they thought that having the stories, you know, oh, we've all heard the stories, you know, why are people telling me their stories of birth? They thought that that was going to only add to their fear or their anxiety around it. Then you've got the other side of the coin that are like, tell me everything. I want to know, you know, I want to yeah. know exactly what can happen, you know, what can go wrong what's the best part do i poo myself you know all that will i tear you know people want to consume that information so i think it is quite a delicate subject because you know people approach birth in a very different way my first time around with luna i was actually quite scared um and i think yeah. my fear around it led to me having a very long labor because my body my mind was telling me one thing but my body, uh, my body <laughs> my was telling me, <laughs> telling me yeah. Who sung that?
0: Who
2: sings
1: that?" <laughs> I can do
2: Bobby, is wrong.
1: it Bobby Brown? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they were telling each other conflicting things, yeah. so that was mad. Yeah. They were telling each other conflicting things, and I, I couldn't get the two to work together. And even though I'd done my hypnobirthing and the breathing element, I really enjoyed, and I was trying to visualize things my body was so tense and so tight and so frightened that it just went on and on and on and on and I felt afterwards I mean people know this that I felt very traumatized by what I'd been through in and then I had to look after a baby a new baby it was just the whole thing didn't go the way I thought and I was really really low about it afterwards
3: and I think that's my biggest tip for birth is that we've got to remove this fear Mm. so why birth can be painful is because your body goes into what's called the sympathetic nervous system, which is where your body goes into fight or flight. Now, if it goes into fight or flight, all of your oxygen goes to your arms and your legs to fight and to run. So it it goes, and it doesn't go to your uterus, which is the muscles of where your baby is, which is the ones that contract. So if you're getting no oxygen to your uterus, it becomes painful. Now, if you're then not eating and drinking and you're tired and it goes on for a long time, it gets more painful because the energy gets depleted as well. So the best thing to do is remove this fear because we don't want to be in that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight. We want to be in the parasympathetic nervous system. So my biggest tip is to get rid of fear. Getting rid of fear is harder than we think because some people also think I don't have any fear. I feel fine. But actually you know we've we've had all of our lives of negativity around birth, which is the big thing that I'd love to change yeah. about birth. You know, people have told you negative birth stories. you've seen one born every minute. You've definitely yeah. seen a, a blockbuster film where somebody's giving birth on their back screaming. All of those things have gone into your subconscious mind. And even if you feel okay, you've probably still got a bit in there that comes out on birthday. So any single teeny bit of fear, and take you into that fight or flight. You know, Somebody walking in the room that you don't know, somebody saying something like, you're failing to progress, which is awful, and it makes you feel like you're failing. Yeah. Um, so you wanna be in this parasympathetic nervous system, which is the same system you are in when you fall in love and when you have sex. And by the way, when you do those things, they feel good. They feel bloody good. So why would it not be good in birth? And also when you get into this parasympathetic nervous system, your body releases a thing called beta endorphins, which everyone might be going, I think I've heard of that before. Well, morphine is mirrored on it, but beta endorphins are nature's pain reliever and they are so much stronger than morphine. But you also don't
1: know how long it's going to go on for, George. I mean, did anyone tell you the lengths that it could be?
3: No, but what
2: what I was gonna say um, to Megan's point about the stories, I think w- there's a there's an imbalance. So I feel for me anyway, I feel like people wanted to tell me the negative stories, but didn't want to tell me the positive stories. So yeah. I feel like anyone who's got you know a negative birth story, it, it's good because talking about it helps so I think that that happens a lot you know lots of people want to get those stories off of their chest because it it helps them relive it and it it helps them heal from it but not so many people who had like a positive birth are so up for sharing it I don't know Mm. what why that is but it does feel like that and I think yeah, I, I don't know. It just, just It's
1: the same as positive parenting. People don't, yeah. and you say this a lot, George, that people don't want to share their positive stories around parenting, whether their yeah. kid's sleeping or whether it's weaning really well or whether it's potty training really quickly because they yeah. don't want to upset maybe other parents or make them feel like exactly. they're not. You know, so I think it's probably the same in birth. Like if you've got someone going, well, I had a really traumatic birth that went on for days and days and you've got someone going, well, actually, you know, I did it in uh, six hours and it was just out and actually I didn't have any pain relief. I'm always looking at those women going, you, you didn't have any pain relief? What? Yeah. What? What? That's yeah. I d-
2: and also, just as well, like you said, you did antenatal classes. I did an antenatal class where they mentioned being induced as this like really scary, awful thing. So then, when I went in to be induced, in my head, that's already like yeah. a red mark. And I'm a yeah. chilled zonos. I'm a chilled person, and I don't really get like. Too, you know, too an- an- anxious about anything. So I was probably in quite a good position because I'm—I've always been like that. But I just for somebody who is anxious or not trusting of midwives, that's the other thing as well. There's this distrust of, or oh, if they say this to you, make sure you know you know your rights and you know this, and it's almost like you're going in for a fight. um So yeah, I just the mindset, like you say, is huge. Um, And it's just, I guess, yeah, it's how do we educate people to
3: take on that mindset? The big thing for me is we've been doing this for millions of years, millions, you know, it's only become medicalized really in the kind of last 50 years. And, and we've lost, we've lost listening to our own bodies, we've lost listening to our intuition. And we seem to kind of second guess everything. I want to Google everything. You know, that's what we do. I was exactly the same. I found newborn parenting really, really hard. You know, birth for me, I found that good. It was, it was really long. It was 21 hours as well, even though it was a hypnobirth. Yeah. And my baby wasn't breathing on birth, which I was at home. So that was quite mm. um, nerve-wracking. But I had full faith in those midwives and they resuscitated her and they were amazing. So anyone who's worried about that at home, I can tell you, cross that off your list. Because they have everything at the hospital to deal with it at home and, and she's, she's perfect. Yeah. But I still had a really positive experience from all of that. But newborn parenting... I found really hard and you know when in my antenatal class I thought I'd ticked all those boxes I thought I'd learned the feeding bit and I'd I'd listened to kind of the how to put my nap baby's nappy on but they're not really the things you need to know you know the feeding you need to learn about that so much more than we do what's normal what's normal with sleep what's normal like with how your relationship will change and they're the kind of things that I don't think are included enough in antenatal courses. They are in, in the one that we've created. It's got world-class experts to really give you in-depth guidance to what to expect.
2: Can we just go back? You mentioned that mm. you had a home birth and that was your first yeah. pregnancy. Now, yeah. for me, I remember the midwife saying to me, oh, you know, you could possibly have a home birth because there's no, you know, zero complications or whatever. The second time round, I think with Gigi, they mentioned it. And I was like, "No." absolutely not no way and that's second time round.
3: so what yeah. made you want to have a home birth the first time yeah so I read a hypnobirthing book that's all I did first time because I just read a hypnobirthing book and I learned the importance of your environment so like the facts where you give birth you've got to give birth like an animal in a really safe comfortable place where you feel secure I'm terrified of hospitals like really scared of them. I think, Georgia, you've said you're scared of them before. Yeah, I was, but definitely. Like, you know, as soon as I get towards the hospital, I fill with anxiety. And for me, nothing good has ever happened in the hospital. So it didn't feel very safe to me. Um, so I just started exploring home births and I started reading the studies and the facts and the evidence. And home births are safer for women who are low risk than a hospital birth.
1: Safer than being at hospital, why is that?
3: Yeah, because you get one-to-one care. So in a hospital, you're on a ward, and there'll be a several midwives for each room. When you're at home, you get one-to-one care, so you have a midwife just for you the whole time. And when your baby's born, you actually get two, one for you and one for the baby. Now, for low-risk pregnancies, there's no, there's no risk of any intervention. You know, We don't need any of the things at hospital. And all the things that people worry about, so having a postpartum hemorrhage, um, tearing, Uh, baby not breathing on birth, any of those things, they're prepared for at home. So you actually get a big medical box before the big day with all of those things in. And midwives are very, very capable. I mean, it's their job to deal with those things. It's not the doctors. I just read all this, absorbed all the information. And it's just where I felt comfortable. Yeah, Um, amazing. But it wasn't kind of a, oh, I need to give birth at home to be all homey it was kind of just more of a that's just where I felt safe um, yeah. and don't get me wrong there was moments where I was thinking maybe I should maybe I should but um, I loved it and it was just lovely to like you know give birth and then get in my own bed and have my own food yeah. and for the baby to go straight into its bedside cot and it was like ah. Oh, This is chilled and I go in my own shower and have my own towels and put whatever clothes in I want. It was it was really nice.
2: We'll be right back after the short break.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So
1: welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? I mean, that sounds like a really amazing experience. And I feel like sitting here listening to you talk about this, to be honest with you, it brings up quite a lot of anxiety for me because that is not my experience. That was not. That was not where I was. And I actually don't feel like I'm over it completely. And I think a lot of people listening to this will be thinking, wow, like that's an incredible experience that you went through. But as we know, the pattern that labor takes is not the same. If it was, we would all have incredible home births, you know, without any pain intervention or without any problems afterwards or, you know, during or whatever. But it's very hard to get into that mindset when we are preconditioned to feel fear around this moment and I think there isn't enough for me I get quite I'm quite annoyed when I went into it because I was thinking okay I probably should have done a course my fault but growing up the conversations around labour were not there. The conversations around positive birthing experience were not there. We're not taught anything in school about it. We're just taught, as we've said, don't get pregnant here. Take a contraceptive pill. There isn't any real education, or at least there wasn't in in our generation. I don't think. So yeah, I I feel very strongly that that has to change. And I guess with courses, and Definitely. yeah, in the and the voice and the space that you're in, you're trying to do that.
3: Yeah. I don't understand why we are not educated about how our birth, how our body works in birth. You know, why don't we learn that at school? And and why are we shown, I mean, all I did, I don't know about you guys, but all I did was put a condom on a, on a banana. I don't banana. even did that. Um, yeah. Really did you even do horrendous. that, George? I don't think so. I can't remember. <laughs> well, no.
2: Yeah,
1: I just yeah, can't remember yeah, I, any. I it was always oh, very, it was, um, it was always quite green, the banana as well, I remember thinking. It's like, why don't you just get a nice, ripe one?
3: But also, I think the media has a really big part to play. And you know, films. Why am I watching films? Yeah, that have women on their back giving birth.
2: I gave birth on my
3: back with Gigi. I gave birth I on my back. Fine. I was yeah. fine. I I did. Yeah, I was absolutely fine. But oh no, you'll be yeah. absolutely fine. But it will not help you get that baby out. So if you look at a pelvis, I've got, I've got a funny one here, but I won't bring up. If you look at a pelvis. So when you're um, giving birth, when you're pregnant, you have extra relaxant, which means that your muscle, your boat, your pelvis can move a lot more, and your coccyx is flexible in birth. If you are lying on it, your pelvis can't open because you're you're lying on your coccyx. If you're upright, forward open UFO then your coccyx can move right out the way and it increases your pelvic capacity by right. 30%. So imagine how much more comfortable it, that is <sighs> yeah. for you and your baby. But you're, even, even on my birthday, I was like, I need to get to the bed. I, I need, and I'm going, no, I don't. I know this. Don't do it. Don't do it. But it's where you're conditioned, like you said, so to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what you see. So I think the media have got a big part to play. Stop filming women giving birth on their back and showing it to the world. Do you
2: know what? I watched a series the other day. I can't remember what it's called. It's called like Frankie and Someone on Netflix. And um, this, I'm not joking. This woman gave birth in her trousers. And I was like...
1: In her trousers? What
2: sort of trousers?
0: In her pants. In her trousers.
2: I'm not joking. There was all like having a family gathering or something, and she went, "Oh, my waters have broken," and everyone was like, "Oh, her waters have broken," and then they went, "Let's get to the hospital," and then she took three steps, and the baby came out <laughs> in her trousers, and I was like, "No, I'm sorry." In like, the trousers? What? In, the, tra- them right. in the trousers? Please where- message me <laughs> anyone who's watched this series because <laughs> I literally sat and watched <laughs> it, and I was like. She hasn't taken – she's still got her trousers on. Like, she literally just pulled them down slightly to get the baby out. And I was like, if anyone who hasn't had a baby is watching this and they think that that is remotely what happens, like, oh, my waters have broken, three steps to the front door and the baby's come out, I mean – uh, yeah. It blew my
1: mind. <laughs> I feel like I've spent my entire life watching films, George, where yeah. the women are, you know, you know, pop to the loo and then washing the their hands. The baby comes and, out. Oh, oh, and they just sit on the floor in the loo and they're just like, oh, then it comes out. And I walked into birth as an intelligent woman thinking, oh, I'll be out in a few hours. I was like, I've done a couple of laps of yeah. the park. This will just be super quick. It didn't even look that painful. I mean, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> does anyone, did anyone else think that I mean hopefully yeah. people listening yeah, are going completely. yeah I
2: thought that too
3: yeah, totally, yeah. I also thought your see. waters
2: burst all over the floor yes. yes and I mean yeah it's weird isn't it but I do yeah. think the more people share the different birth stories because my two births were completely different yes let's talk so about that. yours were both quite different yeah. I think And I'm the the same person, prepared the same, like everything the same. So for them to be so different, you just, I guess, yeah, the more we talk about the different births, the more people know that like it's all normal and, you know, anything can happen.
3: Yeah,
1: it's interesting. It is interesting. And I think you wanted to discuss today, Megan, that the differences between one and two. You're about to go into two, so you don't know what your second's looking like, but I can't wait to find out.
3: I know. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your second birth stories, actually. So I was like, yeah, I wondered if it was more positive this time, the second time round for you. George? Yeah. So how did they go? So
2: I would say both of mine were positive, And I always try and tell my friends, if you're being induced, it's really not the worst thing in the world. Because I was induced with Axel. It happened quickly. I had an epidural. It was all very controlled. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel upset after and I was more than happy. And I and I actually, I had the epidural of Axel and I went into my birth with Gigi thinking, I'll just do the same. It worked yeah. really well for me. I'll just do that same thing again. So I went into labor, was at home. James was at training, got him to come home. He was trying to persuade me to stay at home longer, but I obviously knew I was further along and I was like, no, 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 let's go. Got to the hospital, said to them... I want to go into the labor ward I want to have an epidural and they were basically like no we need to go and check you out you're not in active labor I was in active labor Um, and so it was only because somebody went into birth in that room where you you know where they're they're checking everybody that they moved me to a separate room they checked me over and they were like oh, right, yeah, okay, you are in active labour. I can't remember how many centimetres I was, but I was, you know, re- ready to go. And I was Like, okay, like cool. seven can or I... eight at that point? I don't know. I don't know what I was, but I said, right, can I have an epidural then? And they were like, yeah, yeah, of course, no problem. We just need to check your bloods, send your bloods off. And James is looking at me thinking, this is never going to happen, but okay. So I was like, okay, yeah, okay, great, like take my blood, all that kind of stuff. And Gigi was born. Well, from the time I got to the hospital to her being born was an hour and a half. (gasps) So there was never going to be any time for me to have an epidural. So I was probably in the checking bit, checking over bit for about an hour, and I was really only in that room for half an hour.
1: Shut up! Yeah. What did that hour and a half look like for you? What was happening? Got there,
2: tried to persuade them to have an epidural. Contractions though, George. Yeah, I was in pain, but I'm we laugh about this all the time I just don't make any noise if I'm in pain I'm more like
1: she's Tom Cruise with a blonde wig I just
2: kind of I don't know what it is just go into my own world don't talk just yeah uh, yeah that's obviously how it was but my midwife was amazing she's just like you know what you've probably only got about like a few pushes and it'll be fine and she did keep me like so relaxed and I didn't do hypnobirthing but I think reading about hypnobirthing and knowing what I know now I probably took on a lot of that anyway like I was very trying just to keep myself relaxed I kind of go into myself rather than outwardly sort of like make a lot of noise but it's I guess it's the same principle was just staying relaxed so yeah so Gigi was born an hour and a half later I'd had gas and air um on the bit where I was pushing and that was it and I genuinely did not believe that that could happen like I really didn't I didn't believe that would happen for me you know like my mum had an epidural like my aunties had epidurals that's what everyone speaks about so I was like yeah cool that's that's what I'll do why would you be in pain if you don't need to be that was always my view like if you can have the pain relief have it like why do you want to feel that but actually it you know it was great, and and when you were pushing, and fine. when
1: she came out of your vagina, did that yeah. part? Was that excruciating? Do I you... just
2: remember. Do you remember when we had Nadia Suala on? Oh, and she said God, about the ring of that. fire. Ring of fire. Yeah. And I remember going to my mum, Oh, that's the ring of fire. <laughs> huh? And that was it. <laughs> you could feel it this because time. The, yeah. I, always, I almost felt
3: comforted by that. It stinged. It's like a sting. So it's, yeah, it's when it's your the, the only I can describe stretches it. for the baby's head to come out. So it's the widest part of the stretch for when the baby's heads come out. So it's called crowning. Yeah but the thing is when you feel this and so we talk about the ring of fire in the course and when you feel it your baby's here.
2: Yeah it that's what I felt is. like a split <sighs>
3: second it's literally like oh and then it's done. But one of the things that's great for that, have you heard of perennial massage? Yes. Yes. you both go, oh my God, did you do it? Yes. Oh, no,
1: yes. Oh. Yeah. Any excuse for doesn't get involved in any of that stuff and he's all over it. I, <laughs> yeah. think, I,
3: I absolutely died when I learned about perennial massage. I was yeah. like, oh, I can't. And I couldn't reach. So basically for anyone listening, perennial massage is where you massage your vagina. Basically people say your perennial, but it's just your vagina. And you basically give it a little massage um twice a week from 34 weeks and it helps you stretch um, your vagina and you're thinking i want to stretch my vagina before baby comes out but actually it reduces your likelihood of tearing by like a lot loads 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 and it reduces your likelihood of grazing but also you can practice so you feel the ring of fire before you feel the ring of fire um so if anyone wants to say anyone's after 34 weeks and they want to see what it's like you can give it a go can i just
1: ask a ridiculous question but you know when johnny cash was singing about the ring of fire and it burns burns burns, is he (laughs) singing about that that's just literally clicked into my head or is he singing about something completely different because
3: i thought it was about like a poker game or Card game. <laughs> no
2: one's ever going to listen to
3: that song in the same yeah. way again. <laughs> that's what I'm well, maybe that's to
2: a, do a great assignment. song
3: for your labour playlist. For your yes.
1: Oh, there yeah. it is. The ring of fire. Ring of yeah. ring of
2: Let's get it on.
3: <laughs> but um, it is. It's the, it's the split second, and it means that your baby says, "So like you wow. did, like you did, Jordy." You get excited because you're like oh that's that's because someone
2: had told me do you know what I mean I've remembered someone had told me they felt the ring of fire and then that was that the baby was going to be there so as soon as only because I knew about it but was I like oh yes this is you know I'm near the end now
3: like it's going to be done so you're one of those people who naturally goes into themselves I really wasn't one of those people because I think a lot of people think can't do hypnobirthing because I can't relax that was me. I can't relax. My brain goes at a hundred miles an hour all the time. And it's all about the practice, but you sound like you kind of can really go into yourself really easily, which is why you had a, you know, quite a relatively comfortable, fast birth because your yeah. body could just work. You weren't in that fight or flight that I talked about. You were really nice and chilled. And, and that's what we want. Just, you know, as quick as, well, not as quick as possible because they can be really quick, but you know, a nice length you know not yeah. feeling out of control but I feel really like
2: positive. that's really difficult like so if I tell a friend now like oh yeah this is my labor well that sounds great doesn't it like oh what did you do oh I just relaxed you know like how how can you teach someone <laughs> how to relax yeah, through like, thing. oh don't worry just yeah. relax yeah. how do we do that like what what do yeah. you what do you te- how do you teach people
3: Yeah. So it is really hard and it takes practice. So This is why hypnobirthing isn't offered with an epidural. So they don't say, do you want an epidural or do you want hypnobirthing? Because you can't do it in the moment unless you've practiced. And the practice is key. So what we say is when you want to release that fear relaxations obviously one of them but surrounding yourself in, with positivity to figure out the relaxing bit we have relaxations people call them meditations but it's better if we just call them relaxations um you have relaxations if you really struggle with them which I did really struggled you lie there and you're thinking about your washing or what to do later that day you're thinking this is a load of rubbish I'm not I don't need to breathe what's this all about you know put it on when you go to bed. So you literally, we've got a sleep relaxation. You stick that on and you fall asleep and you just leave it playing. And it just teaches you to relax. So I would say start by doing it when you go to bed. Or whenever else you are generally relaxed. So if you like have a bath and that's where you relax, some people obviously don't find that relaxing, but wherever it is that you relax, if you go to the spa and you're having a massage, stick your earphones in and just listen to a relaxation. In the places where you where you normally relax best place to start and then I listen to it every single night and it just sends me to sleep it's great and then it just carries on so it doesn't matter whether you're asleep the relaxation still works about removing that fear from your uh, subconscious mind and actually
1: the visualization part Megan is was the part that I loved because I did it twice hypnobirthing and actually Mm. throughout all of the stuff that went down that's the one thing that kept me really um well I had the trust and the belief that it was going to be okay and that was and the meditation or the relaxation that I did was walking down the steps of my parents house in Kenya um onto yeah. the sand and then watching the sunrise and that's where I do my yoga when I'm there so I just on repeat was just seeing myself walking down the steps sitting there cross-legged watching the sunrise and it was and I still do that now if I ever feel stressed or anxious about anything that's where I go and that was lovely yeah. Um, and obviously that's a really great way of kind of coping with the surges every time you get a surge or contraction, as people call them, you can yeah. go back to that place. The so second time around, I was much, much, much more prepared with that.
3: Yeah, because you'd practiced it so much. Yeah. But So the visualizations we teach in, in hypnobirthing, a, bre- a breath, it, I mean, it's the same breath you learn if you have anxiety. So you can use it for life. I mean, when I had really stressful newborn and toddler moments as I'm having now, I still go back to this breath, which just takes you, just chills you out. So we teach a breath and, and you can choose to have visualizations with it, which sort have worked amazingly for you. People visualize, you know, loads of different things, but I tend to say, where is your happy place? Because that's the strongest. So where's your happy place? And really be in it, like what can you smell? What can you see? What can you touch? Who's there? You know, really try and be there. Um, And that tends to work for people a lot more than trying to visualize something a bit fake. So some people, some hypnobirthic will say, you know, visualize bubbles or visualize hot air balloons or visualize water. But if you haven't seen those things, if you've kind of tried to make them up, I don't feel like they're as powerful. So if you can go to your happy place, yeah.
2: What well, if that. that's walking
3: around Selfridges?
2: Are they oh, it definitely going to Stopping for, for a glass of champagne oh, okay.
3: after. Then <laughs> do that. that. <laughs> just visualise Selfridges. Yes, that's look. Cool. There are
1: the, the Louis V's. There so they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look. Honestly, All
2: it's got to do is get across the floor. <laughs> It's about making it work for you, right? So and then I can matter. have a pit stop after. No, I'm joking. I'm, yeah. t- I'm joking. You're not really um, though, are you,
1: George? No, no, you no I'm not You always go to no. Selfridges <laughs> when you want to pick me up. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah.
3: joking. Yeah, you can do that. It doesn't. There's no nobody else is in your mind. Yeah. See what you want to see. Take yourself where you want to take yourself. There's no right or wrong answer.
1: This is why I it's love me and George so much. This is why I love our friendship so much because George's happy place is on the fucking floor at Selfridges and mine's <laughs> yeah. on the sand in Kenya and that just sums yeah. us up.
2: It does. Zoe's always like, oh, I had a lovely day in nature and I'm like, oh, I just don't get that. I don't get that. I just don't
3: get that. Yeah, if
2: I'm with it. nature, I'm thinking, oh, get me out of here. Get me to some man-made life.
1: Oh, Georgia. <laughs> Jesus, woman. <laughs> I will I've been we've been working together now for nearly four years and I feel like it's starting to rub off on her slightly Megan but she would still like to smell the floor of new clothes like you know the new clothes smell rather than being outside yeah. smelling the cut grass with so, and trees yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> no. um, so I guess I guess I, I feel like to sort of sum things up and to kind of your sort of mission and how people can get to this place because we all believe that people should have a really positive birthing experience. Um, What is your kind of message and what do you want people to take away from this podcast I guess?
3: I think just not being afraid to educate yourself you know you talked earlier on about oh my friends didn't want to know because then they felt they were surrounding themselves with negativity almost. Don't do that. Go and get the course, you know, go and educate yourself on everything that can happen because then in, in birth, it's not stressful. You understand it, you get it. So that's, that's tip number one, remove the fear. You need to surround yourself with positivity. I had to stop watching Handmaid's Tale halfway through when I was pregnant because I was like, of it yeah. um, because you you can't have that negativity so remove the positive uh, negativity when you're when you're pregnant if somebody starts to tell you a negative birth story say oh can you tell me after I've given birth really want to hear it but tell me after I've given birth you know surround yourself with those relaxations learn how to relax in stress so if you have a stressful moment how do you relax because that's what we need you to do in birth so let's practice that um, and also give your birth partner a role. You know, there's, there's nothing worse than your birth partner running around, feeling really stressed out, seeing you oh. uncomfortable or not really knowing how to help you. You know, courses should be about the birth partner too. Yes. So in ours, you, know, you get like a download, you get a printout with, with what to do and the guides and how they can help. Um, and they've got to prep with you as much as you have. Yeah. So do the prep. Perennial massage is key. Um, and yeah, just try and get informed. Confident and empowered. So that's our thing. Informed, confident, empowered. Yeah. Um, and I like the um, fact that you touched
1: on the partners, Megan, because we spoke about that, didn't we? That there yeah. isn't yeah. enough done about the involvement and the crucial involvement of a partner, um, whatever that looks like yeah. for you. There needs to be more education around that. They have to have that solid role. They have to Absolutely. feel like they're part. I mean, I couldn't have got through those moments without Dozer just no. being there, like, you know, it's, it was no. so, so key in me taking away some positivity, I guess, from my birthing experiences was how he was.
3: Yeah. And they are just, they're, they're your rock, right? And it doesn't matter whether your birth partner is your husband, your wife, or your, or your mum, your dad, or your sister, your brother, you know, they need to be going through this with you. They need to understand what you're feeling, what you're going through. And we call it protecting the bubble, being able to protect your bubble so that you can just relax and have a really really positive time but that takes practice because they need to know what's happening too otherwise how can they relax yeah um so yeah doing it with them you know hypnobirthing is so affordable now and mine's so that mine is the antenatal course mixed with the hypnobirthing and the postnatal education all in one so you know you can get really informed um about everything that's going to happen but also you know talk about your relationship beforehand as well because that was another big thing for me was we kind of had the baby and then it was like, you know, I was a career woman before. And then it was like, oh, is, is this my life now? Do I just feed, change dappies, sleep, repeat? Is is that it? Or do I, do I get to go back to work? I'm shattered. Like, how does this look in the future? And, you know, Paul's going off to work and coming back. And there's that resentment there kind of. So it's good to talk about all of that beforehand, you know, get get kind of do it as a team and feel like you're really together yeah and talk about it's all in
2: the prep isn't it
3: for sure all um in the prep.
2: yeah thank and you just know
3: whatever it goes however it goes it can be amazing yeah. doesn't matter so please don't fear birth we're teaching you the opposite it's not to be feared it's get excited about it get excited about birth
1: yeah, I'm part of me is a bit devastated that I'm never going to feel the ring of fire.
2: Mate, right. you're not missing out on anything, so. No, but
1: I mean, like, that's something that you're going to experience, you've experienced, G, but I'm never going to feel that ring of fire. Not, you know... Stop. I'm not going to come close to you. I mean, I would, it. I I would give it, it
3: up if you, if you, if you ask me to.
1: In another life. In another <laughs> yeah. life, I'll feel it.
3: You can just do some perennial massage, Zoe, and just feel it if you want to. Yeah. You can just get Dozza to do it. Dozza will
1: love that. I'll pass that message on. Um, <laughs> thank Megan, thank you so much for coming on. An absolute you. treat. Um, if you want to get in touch with Megan anytime she
3: is. It's lala at lalalu underscore parents on Instagram. Or if you want to have a look, it's www.lalaloo.co.uk. Amazing! Thank you! Thanks so much, Megan, for having me! See you later! Bye! yeah really interesting that
1: chat wasn't it so varied and I I really I feel like I've taken away even though I know I'm not going to go through the birthing experience again but that whole being able to be relaxed in stressful situations and the sort of the tips and the hints that she gave us about preparing for those moments they're not just in labour you know in life in any form of anxiety I really enjoyed it yeah that's true that's actually
2: a really nice um, message to take away that the things you learn in hypnobirthing you know can stay with you throughout your whole life you know in difficult times but also like when the toddlers are kicking off and all that kind of stuff. You can use those breathing techniques to really calm you down. Um, yeah, I just I just find it really interesting hearing, you know, differencing, differences of opinions around birth, you know, yeah. things that work for one person don't necessarily work for another. And I think a really important message to take from this chat is to do what is comfortable for you. So, yes. you know, Megan was comfortable at home. I don't think I would have been comfortable at home necessarily. Probably would have maybe a bit, bit more scared. Um, it, just because you, you know your sister has done one thing or something's worked for your sister doesn't mean you have to do that yeah um and I think yeah just as we say all the time sort of educating yourself sort of knowing all the different things what they mean um you know knowing what an epidural is knowing all the, all those things just empower you to make your own decisions totally. um, when you go into birth so yeah that's what I'll be telling my mates <laughs>
1: And also, obviously, I think it's really good to get a variety of people on the podcast that have different views around it. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and, and you can then at that point take all of those takeaways from it that you want to from it. So you might not have agreed with everything that people say on the pod, actually. But I think it's quite interesting to hear everybody's opinion around it. Some people may look at hypnobirthing and go, that is just not for me. Um, and that's absolutely fine. But I think like Georgia said, if we've got all that information, then it just arms us with you know, being able to make the right choice that works for us. So that's what, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. We love discussing birth, yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, we've got a really exciting guest that we've just booked in for next week. So we're not going to tell you who it is yet. But towards the end of the week, keep your eyes peeled on our socials because we will be revealing it. And, of course, we're going to be back at the end of the week with a QA. and a So, as always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast.
2: Yeah, please do. Any feedback on any episodes, anyone you'd love to see or hear. Um, us chat to please just drop us a dm we're on at made by mummers and as they said we'll be back on friday